You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now, the next time you hear this whistle, each one of you get one toy. How many? One! Good. And bring it back to the carpet. Pronto. Ready? Wait for it. Wait for it. Down. Ready? <laughs> Go, quickly. Get your toy. Go. Go for it. Yes, very fast. Good. Quickly. Bring the toy back. Bring the toy back to the carpet. Bring it back to the carpet. Quick, 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 quick. Back to the carpet. Quickly. <laughs> Reading, writing, arithmetic. Too much homework makes me sick. When it's time to pass the test, kindergarten is the best. Welcome to the party, pal. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee ki mother. What is this? You're police officers. We know who you are. Rachel. This is some kind of joke, right? No, this is no joke. You took three million dollars. No, I think you Listen, Chris knows where you are. He could be here any minute. Where's, Where's Dominic? We can offer you immunity for your testimony. You won't go to jail, but we need you to help. Where's Dominic? He's in a pony. He's fine. The only way we can offer you protection is if you tell us where the money is. There is is no money, you son of a bitch. There never was. (laughs) There's so many. Whoa. There's so many. Oh, man. All right. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. Every Friday on Mackie and Judd. We do a deep dive, an unnecessarily deep dive into an action movie from any number of different uh, eras and genres, and we put four movies up for vote every single week, and I will be totally honest. You guys, we had we had Predator, mm-hmm. we had Ter- Terminator, we had two Arnold movies, uh, Kill Bill Volume 1, and sometimes when you see that there's a couple great movies already in the mix, you might just throw a little, like a throwaway movie in there, and yeah. I honestly just threw Kindergarten Cop in as kind of a... All right, we already got, we'll throw a third Arnold movie in here and see what happens. It won the vote. It, bar- it barely beat Terminator, right? Yeah, like by literally 0.5. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, two consecutive weeks of very, very close voting, by the way. Kindergarten Cop, 1990. Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Here is the summary. Unusual circumstances find big, brawny cop John Kimball, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Posing as a kindergarten teacher in order to apprehend major drug lord Cullen Crisp, as well as his ruthless accomplice and mother, Eleanor. While pretending to be a kid-friendly instructor, Kimball falls for pretty fellow teacher Joyce as he battles both unruly children uh, and dangerous bad guys. 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. Arnold Schwarzenegger substitutes his action brio with some refreshingly adept comedic timing. 
but Kindergarten Cop is too grim for children and too cloying for adults. That's and, and I will it. say, I remember watching, this was the first ever Arnold movie I watched as a kid, because it was the first oh. ever like kid, kid-friendly Arnold movie, I think. And so I remember watching this as like a six or seven-year-old or something, and it is terrifying. The, like yeah. when, That scene where Cullen, in the, where, where Arnold's dreaming, and Cullen's standing outside his window in the classroom in the rain, like when you're seven years old, that is traumatizing. Yes. This movie had a $26 million budget, turned into $202 million at the box office. And it starred Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, and then a bunch of people that you've probably never heard of, including a bunch of kids that... They've grown um, up now. ...were in some other famous things. On Google. Yeah, Miko Hughes was a kid in Full House, and he played the kid in uh, Pet Cemetery. The Twin Sisters. Twin Sisters. Very yeah. famous, yes. Point of articles. So we'll start with Judd Zolgat. What was your oh key God. takeaway <laughs> from Kindergarten Cop? So I was 20... Who is your daddy? What Get does to he the do? Carpet. Get to the carpet. Get your toy. Bring it to the carpet. So I was 20 years old when this uh, came out, and until now, at the tender age of 51, I had avoided this completely. And <laughs> I'd like never to, seen this before. And I'd like to thank God for that. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure why I had to watch it. But anyway, uh, boy, what, what's my takeaway? What's my takeaway? Okay, I'm going to just start off with... I'm going to start off with this, okay? And this will also be my least favorite part, but I think it has to tie in. The plot of this film, my takeaway is that two cops from California need to go to, is it Astoria, Oregon? Yep. Mm-hmm. Very nice, nice uh, waterfront town. Yep. They need to go there and pose undercover to find a kindergartner and hopefully his mother of a guy they're trying to convict. Why? Because what do you mean? Because the witness wouldn't talk. Like what do you mean? No, why? but like why you could have the witness no, wouldn't but they, talk. But they they were trying they were trying to find out who his wife who supposedly had stole three mil were and his kid. Like you could do background checks from California and find who they are. Now if they'll cooperate is is a different question. But the whole premise is you have to go undercover to find people that ordinary ordinary police detective procedures can easily find. Like you could have found out who these people were without having to like do deductions for an hour and 50 minutes of a film to be like I thought it was this guy but it was that guy. Yeah, and, and not to mention they were married, it makes right? No sense. They were married, right? So wouldn't wouldn't there be marriage records? Yes, like, that's what, what I'm saying. So you'd be able to look and say, okay, Colin Crisp was married legally to, unless they all like changed their names but, or something. But like, if she was in Europe, right? Like, if she had absconded with the child to to France, then I could see it's a problem because they're outside the country and they're harder to find. But they know exactly where they are, but they don't know who they are? Correct, yes. That's why he had to become... And by the mm-hmm. way, it wasn't his plan to be a kindergarten teacher. We'll get to that, too. I know it wasn't. But anyway, that that's my takeaway and my least favorite part. I don't need super plausible, but I at least need it to be somewhat plausible. <laughs> and to think that you couldn't have found out just from database searches or record searches who these people were is beyond the scope of... of Reason, in my opinion. Also worth noting, too. <sighs> so so, so he's been chasing Colin Crisp, this drug lord, for like seven or eight years or something, right? 
And Chris great hair, shows up. Yeah, he does have great hair. Great right? hair. Great ponytail. He's got those great early 90s oh, yeah. colored suits. Yep. Those thick, humongous suit coats. Do you guys ever see out front of our building on university, have you ever seen the guy who wears colored suits walking up and down university? No. You no. guys never seen this? No. So I, I was... Uh, I went to the University of Minnesota between 2003 and 2007, and my last couple years, 06, 07, I would take uh, buses back and forth from St. Paul campus for a couple classes. So I've, I've taken the university public transportation route going back to like 2006, and we'd go to that old Dumb Brothers and stuff. And there's a guy who works in a building somewhere nearby here that carries a briefcase, and he wears like Dumb and Dumber suits. Amazing. He's got like five oh. or six different color ones, and he's been walking up and down. University Avenue with his briefcase during the day for at least 15 years. I saw him last week. And if you guys aren't like driving up on university yet, I don't. specific times, you know, I, I avoid university actually like the plague. <laughs> I, I do really too do. these days. Yes. But, but, anyway. but he looks like that guy is what I'm saying. But so anyway, um, that that's my takeaway. Oh, the other thing is why the other thing I was going to say is, okay, wouldn't there be another way to figure out that Cullen Crisp pulled the trigger and murdered that guy in that warehouse besides, like, of the course. woman who saw it? Wouldn't there, there's got to be other evidence. Like, and Arnold's been he was chasing him around the whole mall, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. But I'm just saying the, the premise of this entire film is that you have to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher to find out something that, uh, that going through records could have told you. Yeah. Uh, my main takeaway from this movie... Mostly has to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger as a brilliant crossover star. <laughs> the, be- the beginning of the movie is basically him as like Terminator or or like pick any number of movies that he's been in. He's got the looks. Yep. And then and then he turns into this like charismatic, fun John Kim, Mr. Kimball teacher. Uh, you know, he's very likable with the kids, very protective. And then he and then he turns back into the badass. He's getting he's getting shot up in the bathroom, uh, multiple bullet wounds. Uh, I I thought genuinely is as many holes as we can poke in the movie. I actually thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was great in this movie, not as like an Oscar award winning actor, but like this was peak Arnold Schwarzenegger showing off his action star side and showing off his likability. Uh, like he has more of an ability to be charismatic and, and he's funny soft, and than he's like Sylvester Stallone does, for instance. This is right? very true. This is a good or point. Or Steven Seagal. Like this movie put him way over the top of all those other action stars. Yeah, Seagal would have done this. his multifaceted. Seagal had way book. too much pride, my man. Seagal <laughs> was Seagal, okay? He's going to kill you and he's going to beat you up. No kindergartners. What, okay, what would this movie be like if you, and, and we'll get to some production notes, and there is one, they, they actually wanted a non-action movie star to be the star of this movie, which we'll get to, but... If you replaced Arnold Schwarzenegger with Sylvester Stallone, that'd be awful. It'd be worse. Schwarzenegger actually, to your point, can act a bit. Mm-hmm. Like he can. Like Seagal would have been. It, it would have been worth watching because it would have been so awful. Yeah. But like Seagal and Stallone don't have that gear. No, like the like throttle it down gear, right? Seagal's a sociopath, right? Oh yeah. There's no way he's he connecting with the kindergarten with, kids up. Yeah, he's not connecting with Dominic on the playground. Sorry. All right, Dex, your main takeaway from this movie. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie from start to finish. Um, I don't know if I can call it an action movie. Yeah, the like that, that's it's, it's my... a, the first 15 minutes are action. Yeah, and the last 15 minutes are action, and the rest is like a 
a love story. Character study, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can call it an action movie. I don't know if I can call it a crime movie. I don't know if I can call it a comedy, a drama. My main takeaway was I don't know what genre of movie this is. It's an Arnold, to me, it's an Arnold movie. And and it basically is cashing in on his name. Yeah. And and it was almost like he said, I can act. And they're like, really? And he's like, yeah. And because, yeah, I think that this was... Are, are there actors now who get this project? Like, do, do we still feature... Oh, The Rock Dwayne Johnson would be brilliant in this exact role. Okay. This role was made for Arnold and The Rock. Okay. 100%. Because, I mean, Dex is not wrong. It basically began action... Then became character driven, what, and then went back to action. What, He's right. What's funny is I'll, I'll unveil one of the production things right now that they actually did do a sequel of this movie. I don't know. I didn't oh. know that until I did some research last night. There was a sequel of this movie in 2016. I saw this on Wikipedia. Starring not The Rock. The Rock would have been great. Dolph Lundgren. Oh my god. Yeah, and I think it did it go straight to straight uh, DVD. Yeah, d- DVD or home Streaming. buys, straight, whatever. Straight to DVD. Yeah, I'm not going to see that. By the way. No, I'm not even it, not even curious in the least. Yeah, it was also as as I don't know if it was Rotten Tomatoes, whoever had the synopsis of it, but it's kind of dark. Like they set the school on that's what fire, Phil, dude. That's what Phil just said. Like, you watch this as an eight year old, it is terrifying. I would be terrified that the school is on fire. This is before, so so this is this is eight or nine years before Columbine, correct? Yeah, yeah. Columbine was like with ninety. And I really and I really yeah. believe though that as terrifying as this is, the the darkness of the thought process was this couldn't happen really right yeah. like you couldn't do this movie now as a comedy no you could do the movie but it would have to be like a terrifying look at school shootings you couldn't do it like oh there's gonna be some shootings yeah. inside the school and it's hilarious yeah. look it's the rock i thought the same exact thing i thought the same exact thing because yeah there there would be now it wouldn't be funny yeah no like then, it's like guy with a gun in the school, but now nah, nobody carries a gun in a school or starts a also, school on fire. It's great that Mr. Kimball is just—he's got a piece in his sock too. All he's just like—he's teaching these kids. He's have got we, a piece in the sock. Have we reviewed a film? Thirty-three now, film. Uh, I think it's thirty-seven now. Okay, in the thirty-seven films that we've done, we've done some awful films. We've done some films that absolutely stink. Have we done one that is as absolutely positively start to finish predictable as this one? Everything. Like they kept doing fire drills and you eventually said, when's the real fire? <laughs> like the predictability of this, there was zero attempt to be like, let's throw the adults a bone here of some type of twist. Yeah, I I, I think when I mean, there's a lot of predictability among some of these movies, but. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. You could you could pretty much see it coming around the corner at every turn here. It's like, let's try another fire drill. Yeah. I wonder why those kids are doing so many fire drills. Could it be someone's <laughs> going to set a real fire? So you're you're saying that you you're, one of your main takeaways is you don't have to be a, a, a Mensa member to figure out what's going to happen <laughs> next in the kindergarten cop plot. <laughs> it was, but I mean, like there was no like nod to there's adults yeah. who are going to watch this, so we're going to give them some type of twist yeah. to it. Okay, what was your favorite part, Judd, of Kindergarten Cop? Oh, hold on. i got to put my glasses on to read what I wrote. <sighs> oh, this part. <laughs> it's not plausible again, but it actually was so was was just so ridiculous. It was fu- funny to me. Okay, so this guy goes with his, with his female cop partner. Yeah. And she's going... Fe- Phoebe, right? Yeah, Phoebe. and she's going to teach... She's going to sub in as the kindergarten teacher 
and he's going to be her husband as they track these people. She gets sick, and so he's just like, screw it. I'll be the substitute kindergarten teacher for an indefinite period of time. Okay. Is there no kindergarten curriculum at all? Like, this guy didn't have, like, he just made everything up. Arnold made Mr. Kimball. I'll go get, made, my, get my ferret. This is my pet ferret. Made, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, kids alone. Is there, yes, but is there no curriculum? Like, is there no, are there no rules? Like, okay, here, here is your syllabus for today. Here it is for what we do on Tuesday. Like Phil just said. Shut up! <laughs> There's no, and throughout the course, and by the way, there is no return date for for permanent kindergarten teacher until the end when I think she's back, but then he comes back. But the fact is there's never a day where there's any, like, structure. Yeah, like he's... He's just making it up. And then he goes in for his review. And by the way, the principal knows that he's an undercover undercover cop, so she's not, like, holding his feet to some... She's basically, all right, I'm being... My arm's being twisted into the... For whatever reason, like, we have allowed this to happen... (laughs) And uh, and then and then he like gets chastised for for punching that uh, abusive dad outside in front of all the kids. But yeah. she comes in. And she's like, I just want to ask you one question. How did it feel to punch that son of a you know whatever? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then she explained how he's a great teacher. But I I love I'm gonna so my favorite part of this movie I'm gonna piggyback <laughs> off what you're saying That's is great. just like the entire setup of the undercover teacher thing and how it came to fruition. So. So, like, the principal wasn't even told why an undercover cop is taking over. She was just told, like, there's going to be an undercover cop taking over for Mrs. Hadley. So they just fired Mrs. Hadley? <laughs> no, she's like, I didn't, I don't know. She Where's didn't Mrs. say Hadley? that. She said that, that she was a good teacher, so I have no idea what they did with her. But did, did, they, did they stick her in a closet? Did they furlough Mrs. Hadley? What do they tell Mrs. Hadley? Listen, uh... We're gonna need you to go away for a while. And at the very end, is she back? I think she's the adult in the room at the end when when okay. he comes back in. Okay. So I think she was just sort of sent on. But I mean, there's no like end date to Schwarzenegger's tenure. Here's the other thing. Okay, so Schwarzenegger. So so Mr. Kimball has a terrible first day or two, right? Like he's just he's overwhelmed. He gets done with that first day. He plops on the bed and he's just like, I want to blow my brains out. Right? Okay. Well. Phoebe, his partner, presumably is getting better now after I mean, food poisoning. I've had food poisoning a couple times. I mean, it's like 24 hours. And she said and- it, it, it was the flu, right? Because I think she said that she'd gone to the doctor. And it's, okay. the flu, it's the flu. But, I mean, that takes, what, a week? By the way, if she had the flu and they were in a car together for several hours, yeah, would he plane. then get the flu, too? Yeah. yeah actually, or on actually, together? actually, yes. So I guess my question is why when – so he goes in and he fills in right away. Yeah. And the principal knows that – there's an undercover cop. So they don't have to trick the principal. They're just, like, trying to trick the kids, basically, right? And the other teachers. Why wouldn't Phoebe just take over after, like, two days? Because she's a former teacher, right? Why wouldn't Phoebe... All right, I'm... Man, the flu knocked me on my ass for a couple days, but, hey, I'm back. I'm just going to go in and do this teacher thing. Instead, they just let John Kimball with his ferret continue on with his kids? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. With no plan. By the way, this school... Security in schools has always been a question, you know, with yes. all these shootings and stuff. Okay? Absolutely. So at the near the end of the movie, when Cullen shows up to, to town, he just walks in with a greasy suit into this kindergarten class, is hanging out with the principal, and she's like letting him peek into the room with a bunch of five year old kids. Isn't that you weird? Know, hey, random guy with a ponytail and a suit shows up. You know, when can 19- I take a peek in that kindergarten room? 
It is weird, but in 1990, in a small town school like that, I could at least sort yeah. of see that I one. Think it's par for the course in the time. Like I wouldn't be That's shocked fair. by that. No. Um, but yeah, I just I'm just curious. Was there any plan? Like when when these kids came home from school each day, and mom or dad said, "What did you learn?" And you'd be like, "Well, I just saw a ferret." Be like, "Oh, okay, but did you learn something, or did did you no?" I didn't do a thing. Uh, we learned how we learned how to be uh, like police officer, uh, police officer yeah. partners. I'm not saying our teacher just blows a whistle and yells at us for an hour and a half. And I'm not trying to imply that that kindergarten class is full of a lot of like um, you know arithmetic and and trying to learn stuff. But like this guy had no plan besides I'm going to show up each day <laughs> and try and basically get the kids uh, to like me more. Yeah. Dex, what was your favorite part of this movie? Uh, Arnold being Arnold. I love in the, I actually counted in the first 20 minutes. He says, I'm John Kimball. I'm John Kimball. I'm John Kimball. He, he says it three times. To, I had to keep track of it because I thought it was going to be a thing throughout the entire movie that he kept saying, I'm John Kimball. And it, it, that was my favorite part of him being like classic Arnold. Just like, we need a few more there, uh, Arnold. I'm John, John Kimball. <laughs> I think even... Hey, I'm a police officer. This is an arrest. This man is crazy. Look at him. He wants to kill me. You're just going to stand there? Freeze! Oh, jeez. I'm a cop, you idiot. I'm Detective John Kimball. This man is under arrest. Yeah, we'll see about that. I'm checking it out. You can't just walk in here and put a gun in my face. I'm trying to get a manicure. I have witnesses. I have a witness, too. It's murder one this time. (laughs) You're mine. So yeah, I would. Th- oh my God. my favorite part is just <laughs> him being John Kimball easily. Oh, I mean that that opening right. scene, the clip you just played of like the opening oh. confrontation, a lot of incompetent police confusion there. So first totally. of all, you got you got Cullen, this this terrible human being, murderous drug overlord, plus and he's he getting plus he he can't act. No, well they limited his his lines to like the first ten minutes and last ten minutes, uh, and he's getting a manicure inside this mall. But then, like these police who come in, and they and they say, everyone just hold like guns are all drawn. Like Arnold's got a gun drawn. The police have a gun drawn on Arnold, and so it's a like as high of a tension moment as possible. And the one police officer is like, "Just give me five minutes to get on the phone here. I just need to, I need to verify, verify a couple things here." He's like on the phone. It's like, dude, these guys have guns pointed at each other. Anyways, all right, Joe, we went over your least favorite part of this movie. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you my least favorite part. Phoebe, the other undercover cop that we're talking about here, is low-key terrible at her job if you go through this movie, okay? Just go through, like, you you, you may think, oh, she, yeah, she was the one that was, like, in there at the end. Let's go through a checklist here. First of all, she irresponsibly gets sick on the first night. Like, she's, like, yeah. you know, takes some precautions. This is one of the biggest days of your she career. Eats like okay? a pig. Eats like a pig. Uh, so she, she, right out of the gate, she can't even answer the bell for this big career assignment and Arnold has to bail her out. Okay. That's thing number one. Yeah. Maybe a little bit forgivable in that she got sick and it happens. Right. But then while Arnold's doing all the work, she's literally sitting at home eating Italian food, drinking wine and hooking up with her her in this bumbling fiance. What are you you doing? Yes. This is a work trip, man. Yes. Uh, then if you remember (laughs) at one point. When they were at the uh, the fair outdoors, she openly questions John Kimball's police instincts when she says that 
Uh, when when Arnold says no, Joyce is the one. Like Joyce is the woman. This is it. We we have found the connection to Cullen Crisp, and she's like, no, you just want it to be that way because you're in love with her. So her like her instincts are wrong there. And then at the end, she's trying to help Arnold, and and the the building's on fire, broad daylight, and an old woman hits her with her car and takes her out of commission for minutes. Like what do you what value are you adding to this equation? I can see why Arnold wanted to work alone. So. My least favorite part was just. And I he did Phoebe have the line though. Annoying. I work alone. He I had the line alone. that every one of these films has. Yeah. Which is I work alone. I work alone. I don't work with a partner. I think the line was, "Who is your daddy? What does he do?" Dex, what was your least favorite part of this movie? It, it, I mean, the whole movie for for the for the majority of it. Uh, also, <laughs> the fact when towards the end when the fi- when the fire is happening and the bad guy is literally. How do you get out of the school? He's going up the stairs. Do you think the exit is on the third floor of the school? How do I get out? Are you so flustered? You don't know how the entrance and exits work? Also, it's a school for kindergartners. How complicated can it really be? Correct. Well, they, they had some grades b- beyond that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean oh, it might be very fi- complicated. Third yeah, grade, fifth grader, you, you don't yeah. know how tough third grade can be. I mean, there's a lot of complications. Have, in have third you guys grade. ever been inside an elementary school and thought, oh, my God, this place is a maze? I got to no. get to the roof. I got to get to the, where's the roof? Where's the roof um, of this grade school? What is the least believable thing in this movie? Um, I think it's it's your point about the partner. So Phoebe is written in and out like as it's convenient, not in real life, but for the film. Yeah. So 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 the so the guy gets out of jail, and they know because Arnold says this. He's coming to Astoria. He might be here now. And so they know this, okay? So instead of, like, getting the 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 wife and the kids safe, right, w- which would mean that you take them out of the school, that you probably leave town, they just continue to operate business as usual. <laughs> but Schwartz and H- Hager's character, John Kimball, goes to protect her. And then the best part is, as he goes out to the house to find them, to protect them, Phoebe's just gone. Like, she's not in those scenes. Yeah. It's like, is she doing something else important in Astoria, Oregon? So, yeah, she's, so yeah, she's making out with her fiancé yeah, outside. So the least believable thing is, like, there's no police work at all. And then, and then at the end, when, by the way, with her extremely dangerous ex, on the loose, and they think he's in town. She goes back, as far as I can tell, on Monday to teaching. Yeah, to teach. She doesn't leave. I mean, she's so concerned about her son that he's still going to kindergarten. Yeah. So you're saying after all this stuff yes, happens? Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm saying they know. They know that the bad guy is probably in town. Yes. 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 They know that he's going to be hunting them. And instead of saying, we have to get you out of town to a hotel into protection, they just continue to operate. And for a large part of this, Phoebe, the fellow cop, disappears. And we don't know if she's helping, where she is. She's just gone. Yep. I, I would say the least believable part for me, and there are a lot of uh, not believable parts in this movie, is so the relationship between Joyce, a kindergarten teacher, and this drug dealer, Cullen. Like this big city drug dealer and this small town kindergarten teacher, or I think she teaches first grade or something. Yeah, she teaches a second different grade, grade yeah. yeah. But an elementary <laughs> school teacher. John okay. Kimball teaches <laughs> And and when John Kimball is is asking about like, well, how, you know, what, what's the history of the relationship between you guys? And she said, I didn't know who he was when I married him. So like, you didn't know what did he tell you that he did? 
Like, you didn't know that he was shady, that he was like, where did he get all these millions of dollars from? Oh, honey, it's business. Um, so I thought that was weird. But I, I would add in a tie for least believable, the end of the movie, okay? John Kimball comes back. So John Kimball's in the hospital. He's he's already professed his love for Joyce, right? I don't want to lose you. So they're already in love with each other, and they've kissed and everything. And John Kimball gets shot up in a bathroom. <laughs> he 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 murders the or he murder he 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 uh, he kills whatever the two bad guys, and he comes back with a cast on his leg. And Joyce sees through her classroom window that John's in there and is and acts as if they haven't like <laughs> been never, in communication since the hospital. In the hospital. So, yes. so he was in the hospital for some undetermined period of time. They're in love. And she's like, Oh my oh, John's back. This is great. Like you didn't talk I'll to my him classroom at all. again. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's not and he's unconscious. So like he's in really bad shape. And she she is is there with, with her son. As the ambulance pulls away, and then they don't see each other ever again right. until he just mysteriously or miraculously, I should say, comes back. And, and now my favorite part, too, is so I believe that because there, there's an adult in the kindergarten class at the end. And I believe that's the teacher. That's Mrs. Hadley. Mrs. Hadley's there. But then he's decided to retire from being a cop to become a kindergarten teacher. Himself. So does he have to, like, beat up Mrs. Hadley for the job yeah, now? I don't know. Mrs. Mrs. Hadley just got screwed entirely oh, totally. out of her job. And they said she was good. But so he, like, at the end decides that he's going to stay with this job full time. So is she Dude. just gone? It's amazing. Like, so, is she just fired? So what happens if... If, if, Ivan uh, Reitman, you got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> we'll get to Ivan, too. But so if Arnold doesn't come back to the classroom, does Joyce not talk to him? No. Like, that's the implication. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Super weird. Uh, all right, least believable thing, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the whole premise of a guy just walks in and I'm gonna, I was the husband of the substitute teacher and now... Like the principal just accepts the fact, like, yeah, I know you're under a cover cop. There are no other options, so you can just be the teacher. That makes no sense to me. Makes zero sense. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll just be the teacher. I'll just uh, I've got I've got a couple guns. And, and then the whole Alpha. idea she was supposed to be the substitute teacher, so now she's just yeah, she's just doing recon and yeah. like sleeping with her now fiance who was not yeah. in the movie at all up until this moment that he's naked in her he's bed. Great, like, he's a great what? chef. He's a great chef. He's a fantastic <laughs> chef. Okay. okay. Oh, go ahead. And a, a first class klutz too. Yeah. yeah. Like oh like they God. they just throw in the fact that he's a klutz like we're all supposed to be like isn't that funny it's a klutz. Yeah. Few other things. Trips over his own feet. Felt like there was some sexual tension between Colin and his mom, did it not? Yeah, dude. Oh yeah. No, but that was there. Kissing her on the cheek. I think Hello, that was mother. I think that was actually very much on purpose and 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 it at least executed the weirdness that they were trying to convey. Yeah. So yeah, yes, I agree weird. with you. And she was yeah, was domineering, and um, until she, she got hit with a baseball bat, at which point she was no longer domineering. Yeah. When they argued inside the gas station about all the medicine, the medicine that she was yes. buying for the for the kid, Dominic, and you never got sick. That's because you were on all these pills or whatever. Yeah. It's like wow, that's yeah, super crazy. weird. Um, kids being loud on airplanes is another thing I remember from this, where Arnold is just getting like his seat kicked. Oh, I hate God. that. Do you guys have any any kindergarten memories? Do you guys remember kindergarten? Like, do you remember oh, yeah. your teachers? Yeah. Or, yeah. <clears throat> Mrs. Warner, I believe her name was? Mrs. Grayball. Mrs. Block. Yeah. 1975, baby. 
Yeah. Quite a year to like be in kindergarten. 1990 for me, the exact year that this movie came oh, out. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah no. It was very relatable for, for young filmmakers. 97, 98 for, for Declan here. Yeah. Wow. Nap time was great. I do remember getting the milks and the juices and the snacks, and then like we had these little plastic cots and blankets, and we'd all just line up and go to how sleep long, for an hour. How, how long was your day? Because we would go, I think, yep. I, I think my kindergarten at St. Therese was not, like 9 to noon or 9 to 1, so half day basically. Probably nine to noon. I don't remember specifically the timing, but I I was it I was, was not a full day. It was kindergarten for half the day, and then it was like it was like kinder college daycare for the other half of the yeah, day. Yeah, we did me. not get a nap. Yeah, we I did no Montes- naps. I did Montessori for elementary school, oh, yeah. and uh, we did afternoon. So like I didn't go into I didn't go to kindergarten until like noon, which actually worked out great because I like to sleep in. My dad liked to sleep in, so it worked out <laughs> get, very well for the family drunk schedule. The night before, well, seriously, his high life yeah. it, it worked out great. Great. Kindergarten was great, though. It was great. And back in my day, we did really very... I don't think that we... I think we read. I don't think we did math. I, I think they try and teach kids now more. It was more reading, from what I remember. I we read and, and then got like, read, too. Just like motor skills, like putting puzzles together, blocks, that kind of stuff. I don't know why I can remember this, but I can't yeah. remember to post something on that a podcast feed two days ago. But I can remember this moment. You know, like just... I don't know. Those brain cells aren't dead yet. I, I remember the names of like all of my teachers up until I remember yeah, like up I until junior high. Mrs. Block, Mrs. Fish, Mrs. Sacco, Mrs. Bundy, Mr. Vossen, Mr. Carlson. Yeah, like, I mean we. It, but what were their first names? What? Uh, oh man, <laughs> Jan Sacco, Peg. Bundy, or is that from the show? No, that's from the show. <laughs> that's married with children. <laughs> Peg Bundy, uh, Mark Vossen. I don't remember some of so, them. Yeah, in Montessori, you had the same. So I had the same teacher first, second, third grade, and then the same teacher fourth, fifth, sixth. So actually, and, oh, really? and, and we called them by first names. Really? So I didn't ever call a teacher by their last name till I was in seventh grade. Really? Really. So we called my first was Claire. My first through third grade teacher was Claire. Claire That's Robinson. why you connect with a teacher on Hulu. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. you were. So you and had a crush on Claire. Claire. So, so you had a <laughs> crush know, on. Cla- so you had a crush on Claire. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. How many kindergartners would it take to kill you in a fight? One. I think one. I think all it takes is one with a shank that can, no, that no, can get you. No weapons. Oh, no weapons. We argue, We we debated this Alex, before. Alex Boone That's uh, what said it was. It, was like, it would be like 20. I would love to see Boone. To kill you? So it's it's you and it's it's weaponless kindergartners. How many would it take to overwhelm you, overcome you, and kill you? Ten. I think ten. Ten's fair. Ten to, ten to 12. I think it's more. I think it's more like thirty or forty. Well, wait, because you're going to do some to damage kill too. you, to kill you, or just to get you down and to kill you. I oh. mean, they, they would have to be sort of trained a little bit uh, to they, go for the kill. I feel like they they would almost certainly have to have a weapon of some sort. Well, but if there's like forty of them, a hundred, a thousand, like if there's a thousand, they would just smother you. Yeah, a thou- yeah. So there's a number in there somewhere. Twenty five to kill you. Twenty five to thirty. Because, yeah, I, I think their only recourse would be to hold you down and smother you, possibly choke you, but, like, they wouldn't have the weight to do much else. Yeah. Right? I think it's, like, 30. I think it's, like, 30. Uh, Ivan Reitman. Very, very, very dark question, Phil. Yes. I, I'd like people's thoughts, though, if you could tweet us how many kindergartners <laughs> Reckless speculation and how many kindergartners would yeah. take to kill you. Ivan Reitman is a legendary director for movies just like this. <laughs> I didn't know. There's a couple movies on here that I didn't know he directed, but I knew, I knew he was Ghostbusters guy, Meatball, yep. Stripes, like all, a lot of Bill Murray stuff. Yep. He also directed No Strings Attached, which is a great chick flick from like nine years ago. 
I'm no strings good. attached. I think is Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, that's a good one. Natalie yep. Portman's great. I love Natalie Portman. Ivan Reitman also directed Draft Day. Oh, yeah, I saw Kevin Costner. I saw the end of Draft Day on Fox Sports One last week. I will. I I've never seen it. that whole thing. It is. Oh, it's a classic. Oh, the end is just awful. <laughs> He's swinging all these trades. Jennifer Garner gets pregnant at the end. It's just terrible. <laughs> I love Jennifer Garner too. He's good, but I mean, it, the the film at the end is just brutal. It's actually not that far from what you think the Browns front office probably is like in real life. They're just yeah. like making random Maybe, trades yeah. and, you know. A little bit better now. Production notes. Bill Murray was approached to play the role of John Kimball initially. This is an interesting okay. path to go down because yes. I actually think if they had done this, it's more like meatballs probably, right? Yeah, I don't know what this is like. It, if, but it actually might have, but it actually might not have been awful. Like he would have been funny enough to totally different movie. It would be completely, but I'm just saying that I could see the potential with him and his quirkiness to to make that work, to where he might fill in some of the gaps that probably just naturally existed with Schwarzenegger. You could see him like arguing in his Bill Murray way with a five year old in the movie. I think it would have been more entertaining. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't have been as dark, right? You wouldn't have had some of these dark moments. Um, Like Arnold can get a little darker than Bill Murray. I feel like it, it could have it could have worked too if it was still dark. I think it could have worked. I think with Bill Murray being weird, like it, it wouldn't be maybe as dark as it was presented with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the bad guy, but it would be like kind of twisted, yeah. be a little twisted. I feel like if Bill had done it, that, that there might have been um, a window opened a little bit too for him to use his his Bill Murrayness to, yes. to make it a little bit more of an adults would get it film. One hundred percent. That's fair. Like yeah, you, Arnold wasn't exactly like sophisticated on that level of no, like winking to exactly. the adults in the audience. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, there was a we already went through the sequel part in 2016. Director Ivan Reitman and casting director Michael Chinich auditioned more than 2,000 children for the roles of the students wow. for this movie. It's pretty amazing. Also, Ivan Reitman's kids were in this movie. His son is is the one making in the out, teachers' lounge. Yeah. During the fire. And then his daughter, who's, who's been starring in a bunch of different things throughout the last 15 years or so, including Working Moms on Netflix, which is good. Uh, she was one of the third, or I think she was one of the third graders in maybe uh, Joyce's class. Schwarzenegger's contract, get this, Schwarzenegger's contract stipulated <laughs> that a private studio for daily workouts and weightlifting be provided for the actor and his personal staff. A suitable studio was located... But when an agreement could not be reached, the actor threatened to pull out of the production entirely. An Astoria business owner, because they did film this in Astoria, an Astoria business owner stepped in and donated unused commercial space deemed suitable for Schwarzenegger, and the shoot continued. And there's a couple scenes where he's sitting there in the kindergarten class with, like, the, the tight golf shirt, and the guns are just... It's probably in his contract that says, listen, we need a couple tight golf shirt scenes here so I can let the guns breathe. Let them let them he breathe looks for the camera. Thin too, right? Like I, I, I think that that might be the the least weight that he did a film at, as far as like his guns are big, but his waist looks really small yeah, he's to de- me compared to like Terminator. Well, his bodybuilding days were in the seventies, and so some of the stuff he did in the early eighties, he's probably still like in that mode a little bit. Yeah, he's full on Hollywood mode at this point, so right. he's probably not quite as big as he normally would be. All right, uh, anything else before we get to definitive bad guy rankings and the uh, the overall 1 through 10 ranking? Can we dive into Colin here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Let's do it. All right, definitive bad guy it's, rankings. It's not going to be good for him. No. It's okay. Hans Gruber, 
Die Hard is number one. Michael Myers Halloween is number two. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. Cobra Kai from Karate Kid are the top five bad guys we have reviewed. At the bottom, the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3. So, um, yeah, I mean, the categories here sort of loosely are, are they iconic? How ruthless are they? Are they charismatic? Great hair. Are they cultural icons? You know, he did have great hair. He gets votes for hair. That's about it for me. Pretty ruthless, but he's not iconic really in any way. And he really can't act. No. Yeah. Like the guy's just not that good. Yep. So he's probably like, I'll just work up from the bottom here. So incompetent Russian military, the muggers from Death Wish. These are all like sort of nondescript groupings of people, right? Yep. The French drug lord from Bad Boys, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, uh, Perrette from Tango and Cash, Sloan from Wanted. That's Morgan Freeman. He's got to be below Morgan. We can't put him above Morgan no, Freeman. No, no. Freeman, he's below. Right? And he's not. He's below. Yeah. That, I, was, that, was, that was some of Morgan Freeman's most nondescript was, work. But I think, I think he was the worst single character <laughs> that we have seen. So then below Perrette from Tango and Cash, too, right? Yes. So we'll put him Oof. as the... We'll put him as the worst individual bad guy, but he's above some of the like nondescript Russian groupings. Russian military. Stuff. Correct. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Correct. That's fair. I'm fine with that one. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to add there. Um, they, they were looking for someone that wouldn't overshadow Arnold in this movie. Absolutely. Right? All right, the rating system, one through ten Seagulls here. <laughs> the top ten movies we have reviewed to this point are Die Hard and Halloween are tens. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, The Fast and the Furious, the Expendables, Top Gun, and Roadhouse. The bottom movies we have reviewed, the the bottom seven here, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Tango and Cash, Rambo 3, Wanted, Mad Max 2, Bloodsport, and Shoot 'Em Up. The uh, the median score in Action Movie Rewind is about a 7.5. So 7.5 is about average slash median. That's bad news for you. <laughs> Let's start with Judd. <laughs> this film ain't going to have to worry about the median score, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm gonna, going to uh, give it a grade of 3. It gets a three. It was, um, it was interesting. That's about all I can say. I mean, it it was probably as much as Arnold can spread his wings. Uh, but it, beyond, it it but beyond that, it's not much. I'm going to say a three. Dex, it's a two. It is a two out of ten. I the, the, make it the, a zero. The, the plot is extremely messy. Arnold being Arnold is what makes this not a zero. To be completely honest, yeah. Yeah, this, I agree with that. If that is even a grade we can get. Can we give zeros? I did. Yeah, we can give a zero. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I give it a two. I'm giving, two it, I'm giving it a three and a half because of Arnold. I I uh. love Arnold in this movie, and everything else around it is just kind of a disaster. <laughs> so it's it's just, I mean, I'm trying to think of the sports. It's the Los Angeles Angels. You take Mike Trout off that team and they yeah. lose 100 games. So he is Kevin Garnett in some of those late 90s, early 2000s up, Wolves. Shooting yeah. that two? From yeah. The, yeah. Yep, so I'm giving it a 3.5, which makes it a 2.8, tied for the worst movie we have ever reviewed. Really? It's tied with Shoot 'em Up, which was also a 2.8. Okay. So there it is, wow. Kindergarten Cop. It was that bad, so I don't feel... It was awful. But Arnold, there's something, maybe I'm. Maybe you guys disagree with me on this. That whole movie had holes, and it's it's just like, it's it's a clunker everything but you put Arnold into it, and it's like it's like an NBA team. Where, yeah, that team won twenty games last year. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then you put LeBron James on. It's like now they're a, now they're kind of a playoff team. I'd say two hundred million dollars at the box. Office. I'd say it's more the Wolves with Cat. Okay, well, Cat's not Arnold though. Yeah, Arnold is LeBron in that area. Is it Seahawks with Russell? If they take away Russell Wilson, L- let's just say bad. that you 
you guys might be slightly higher on Arnold than I am. Like what? I like I like him for the okay. Per- no, through the for the purposes of action movie rewind, Arnold is a legend. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I guess. What do you mean you guess? Well, I mean, come on, I'm a Seagal guy, okay? Oh God. You can't possibly. I'm a he would have killed those kids. <laughs> the first day he would have pulled out his gun and killed them and then beaten like a bunch For of them God up. Sake. It would have been fantastic. Those kids have gone on to great things, though. All right, so we uh, officially have we have a, a new low, Kindergarten Cop and Shoot em Up are the worst movies we have reviewed. But uh, thanks to Arnold for at least salvaging this to some extent. I'm okay. back. For our next action movie, Predator, I'm going to keep on here from, uh, from Cuddy 2 because Predator fared pretty well. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Predator on this What's our list plan here? Submissions. Yeah, I was, I was gonna wonder if with we Christmas even, next week. I was kind of wondering if we were actually gonna do one or not. Well, or, or have a vote, I should say. I think we should. Well, we were gonna do um, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. So let's do this. Let's do Jingle All the Way. Maybe we can do that like Monday or something yeah. before we all peace out. So we could do like Jingle All the Way. That's yeah, asking me to watch a film real soon again. You're not going to have time this weekend. If, well, the Vikes play. Judd has Vikes, thing on Sunday. I got, I got, yeah, I got Sunday I like to plants. I got drink Saturday. Six packs of soda yeah, on Saturday. I, I usually and... make, you know, I make time on like Tuesday or Wednesday for these films. I, I don't know. I'm going to get to it. I'm just telling you right now. Well, we we definitely have to pick another action movie, and we also want to do Jingle All the Way, okay. so we can figure out off mic how to do this in terms of our schedule. <laughs> well, let's, okay. let's fight about it right now. <laughs> All right, it's more fun. So for the next actual action hmm. movie, yeah. Predator is going to stay on the list. Okay. Judd, what else are you putting? Keep on mine on on the list too. Which was yours? Um, Terminator. Yes, Terminator. Going to run it back with Terminator. Termi- and Terminator. Don't, don't make Sarah me pick Connor. another throwaway that's going to win here. Sarah Connor. That's great that you're that you won. I, I think that's hilarious. All right, Declan. Uh, I want to do Drive. All right, from uh, with, uh, with Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. This Drive is a sneaky great candidate for this. It's quick too. It's I've hour thirty five. It. It's one of my favorite actions. Is it really? Movies. Yes, yeah. hour thirty five. It's quick. I've Brian seen Cranston. it. It's um, it is nice and violent. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of man. good death there, Dex. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I've got one massive blockbuster on my list that I want to bust out, and I also have one that's more in the throwaway category, just to see what happens. What do you got? <sighs> We're gonna go blockbuster. Okay. Armageddon. Oh, boy. We're going to put Armageddon. Armageddon is slightly over two hours, but trust me, it'll be worth it if we review this movie. Have you guys seen Armageddon? I don't think I've ever seen it. a long time. Oh, man. I don't think I've seen it. The world is ending, and it's up to a star-studded cast to make sure that the world doesn't end. Liv Tyler, right? Yeah. Ben Affleck? I love Liv Tyler. Predator, Terminator. Ben Affleck or no? Huh? Yeah, Ben Affleck. Okay. Predator, Terminator, Drive, and Armageddon are the movies... Up for review, and we'll drive would be an interesting one. I do uh, a lot of blood, a lot of blood and gore in that one. Yeah, yep. And it's just, I mean, literally, it's just Ryan Gosling in like a a scorpion jacket. You know what though? Going around, dude can act. I love it. Dude can act. Good looking, great looking man. But he can act. He he didn't even really need to dust off the acting skills much in this movie. Just like, just be like super stoic for an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. Ryan. Just give us that steely gaze. He's got that, yeah, that that look and the lip curl thing. Good lip curl. All right, so that's a that's a wrap on action movie rewind. Kindergarten cop, an ode to John Kimball. Now, the next time you hear this whistle, each one of you get one toy. How many? One. Good, and bring it back to the carpet. Pronto. Ready? Wait for it. Wait for it. Down. Ready? Go quickly. Get your toy. Go. Go for it. 
Yes, very fast. Good, quickie. Bring the toy back. Bring the toy back to the carpet. Bring it back to the carpet. Quick, 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 quick. Back to the carpet. 